previously on the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy. Hold on, hold on. We have movement. Subjects apparently tuning a radio. Crikey, this is sudden. This might be it. This might be the lead we've been waiting for. Five years. Five years of waiting and goading and sometimes baking. And finally, finally, we have something. Yes, the subject is dialing it in. We're getting something. It's... National Radio? Hmm. Seems one A. Clark... If indeed that is their real name. ...has managed to fool us yet again. But we'll catch you using a ham radio to talk with George Soros eventually. We already know about those bank accounts. Yes, it's very suspicious having both a savings account and a check account. Who uses checks these days? The Illuminati. That's who. And my mother. Well, it just proves it. Then there were all those meetings you've had. Oh, we know you claim they're friends or family members, but in the age of COVID, you're not allowed to meet anyone. It's so facto, they must be Freemasons. Which explains the handshakes. Mm. Anyway, we just want you to know, A. Clark, that you're on our radar now. So don't think you're getting off easy. No. Now you're legally obliged to listen to the patron bonus episodes. You unlucky devil. Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, brought to you today by Josh Edison and Dr. M. Denton. Hello, and welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. Hi! I am Josh Edison, they are Dr. M. Dentith. We are sitting side by side, together, in the same place, free of COVID. Look, look, look at this. I can poke you with my forefinger, just like that. No social distancing. Complete violation of your personal space. Let me violate you right now. This is the best CGI we've ever done on this podcast. You can't even tell I'm still in Hamilton. Mm. Ah, but you're not. You you get about you. It's true. I'll be getting about even further, but that's another story entirely. Well, is it though? Because this is a news episode. We've been teasing major news and giving details of major news. Is it time to actually say what the major news is? I will say that... I'm only in Auckland for another week, but then I'll be in Wellington. But then I'm only in Wellington for four or five weeks, and then I'll be in Christchurch. And then I'll only be in Christchurch for two or three days. And then I'll be back in Auckland. But then I'll only be in Auckland for at most three weeks. And then... Then I'm going overseas, and that is where the story ends for the time being. Mm. Also, this is a terrible pour. It is. What is that? It's not whiskey. It's a London porter. I see. That's why That's why it's frothy. If this was frothy whiskey, A, the amount of whiskey I'm drinking would be disturbing, and B, I'd have to really pour whiskey very badly for it to have head like this. Mm. Nobody likes bad head. Now... Uh, like I say, it is a news episode, uh, but obviously our personal news is that we have a new patron, the sinister-sounding A. Clark. It is A. Clark. Mm, a for Antichrist. See, I was Probably not. No. Antifa. Oh, oh, even better. No, actually. Antichrist. Uh, anyway. Anarchist. Mm. Antibellum. Antibellum. Auntie Bell. Right, we're just saying words that start with A now. This is not the podcaster's guide to words that start with A. This is the podcaster's guide Anus. to the conspiracy. That is another word that starts with A. Well done. Arachnid. You must have done very well in primary school. Yes. Mm. <laughs> no, but I never got past my A's. Oh, uh, well. 
Um, so our uh, patron listeners will know that we usually do a bit of a news roundup in the bonus episode. Anaerobic. Mm-hmm. Or aerobic. Athletic. Uh, but then we tend to say, no, we didn't. Did we do a news episode last month? No, I don't we, think we, we did. We could not be bothered. We had better things to do. We, oh, we had an interview. Was that was that Joe, Brian? We had an interview. An interview with someone interesting, anyway. We, Much more anyway, interesting. We haven't done a news e- episode for two months, mm. even though patrons, of course, get news all, all the, time. the time. Now, of course, because this is a news episode. Patrons are getting a non-news episode, which we'll tell you about at the end of this episode, in case, like A. Clark, you want to become a patron too, and find out more. And also, we still need four more patrons so that we will never masturbate on this podcast. Right. Although, I'm reliably informed by one of our listeners, we can't stop them from masturbating whilst listening to the podcast. No, what you do in the privacy of your own home is entirely your business. And still illegal. Mm, mm. Uh, so, should we play a chime of some kind and just get straight into the news? I think we've got a new sting. Do we? Oh. Breaking, breaking, conspiracy theories in the news. Right, we have a selection. We have a variety of old news and new news. Old news being stories we've talked about in patron episodes, but are worth new going through New news being stuff which is new. New to news. everyone. Well, well, assuming you haven't already heard about it, uh, watching the news yourself. But anyway, obviously the first thing we have to talk about um, is the election here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Now, we mentioned this briefly last week. Um, Anyone living here obviously knows what happened. Um, Anyone outside the country probably does anyway if they're listening to last episode, the actual results of the election. Uh, But in the bonus episode last week, we delved a little more into the conspiracy-laden side of the election. Yes, because if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, or are au fait with news about New Zealand, you will be doubtless aware of Advance New Zealand and the New Zealand Public Party, which were our two extremely conspiratorial parties in the election of this year. There were other parties, like the New Conservatives, who were also playing around with conspiracy theories. I think the Outdoors Party also engaged in some 1080 conspiracy theories. But Advanced New Zealand, led by its co-leaders of Jamie Lee Ross and Billy Tikahika... I was about to say it properly, and then I just completely fumbled. Tikahika Jr. They ran a very conspiratorial campaign. Now, we covered some of the policy platforms of the New Zealand Public Party on this podcast months ago, including the fact that the New Zealand Public Party is very concerned about subterranean vehicles burrowing beneath this country. Mm. Now, many words were spilt in the media about the New Zealand Public Party and the bigger party they belong to, Advanced New Zealand, leading to people to believe that maybe Advanced New Zealand was a serious threat to the polis. They got how many votes, Josh? Uh, in total, 20,878 votes, or 0.9% of the total. So not many votes at all. No. And the electorate of the co-leader, Billy TK Jr., he got how many votes? He got 988 out of... Actually, I don't know what the total was, but the winner got 11,699. So so not a great, great showing. I mean, I, I don't know numbers, but I'm fairly sure that 988 is at least half 
of almost 12,000 votes. Yeah, I, it's probably less. Really? Yeah. Are you sure? No, it's, it wasn't a big enough. I mean, we all. are philosophers. I mean, what do mm. we know about numbers? No, mathematics, it's something else entirely. Numbers are real. Mm. Um, now, some, some people have said, gosh, that's odd because, you know, there were, there, he, he had thousands or at least you know, a thousand people showing up to his marches in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, he claims to have tens or even hundreds of thousands of followers on Facebook and so on. So what's and, and indeed, I believe that question was put to you on Radio New Zealand just recently. What's going on there? So we've got an issue here. So according to Billy TK Jr., Advanced New Zealand had 350,000 Facebook followers, 75,000 people who had signed up to an email newsletter, and $50,000 worth of donations to the cause. The problem is, Billy TK Jr. would appear to be a bit of a grifter, and we can't actually take what he says as numbers seriously, given there's no way to verify those numbers, given that his Facebook page got purged by Facebook for the dissemination of misinformation, and we only have his word for how many people have signed up for his email newsletter. And... People who are in the know about these things, who have been looking at the social media presence of people like Billy TK Jr. and Advanced New Zealand in general, are going, actually, it looks more like his Facebook page had about 50,000 followers all up. We do not know the caliber of those followers, so we're not entirely sure whether they were all firm believers in the Advanced New Zealand cause, or whether they were people who were going, oh, that Billy TK Jr., he says some ridiculous stuff. I can't wait to see what mad thing he's going mm. to say next. So there's a worry here that even if he has these vast numbers of followers on Facebook, we actually have no guarantee that these people on Facebook are there because they believe Billy TK Jr. They might be people like Josh and myself who are simply interested in studying conspiracy theories, or even worse, people who want to poke fun at conspiracy mm. theories. Or they could just be a little bit curious, I suppose, yeah. and not strongly committed to, to anything either way. So, yes, in, any, any claims of the election being rigged uh, against the Advanced New Zealand uh, Party don't actually look very good. Now, what is interesting is that about a week before the election, Billy TK Jr. did make the claim that if his party got less than 1% of the vote, then voter fraud will have occurred and basically he's been diddled of a place in Parliament. And, of course, he got under 1%. He's now going, look, I said if we didn't get more than 1%, obviously we've been diddled. Some people are going, maybe he'd seen advanced polling, which indicated he wasn't going to do particularly well, and was kind of setting up the narrative for the claim that voter fraud has occurred. Because he's certainly making the claim there should be more votes. Mm. Which, I mean you can point to the number of potential votes that could have been cast and that number would make things up, but that's probably just because a whole bunch of people don't vote. Apparently voter participation was quite high this year. About 89%, mm. I believe. So, so actually pretty good, certainly compared to other years. But However, 200,000 votes were effectively wasted 
of people voting for parties that got no representation in Parliament. And it does seem that Billy TK Jr. is conflating the wasted vote with what he's calling the missing vote and claiming, oh, those 200,000 votes are mine and they made them disappear. They've been wasted. No, 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 no. Those are the votes that went to things like the New Conservatives, the Outdoor Party, organisations like that that didn't get anywhere. Those votes are effectively wasted, except, of course, they're not because we have a proportional voting system, so the balance gets built up in the parties that actually did get representation. Mm. So let's speak no more of Billy TK Jr., I think. Uh, let's instead speak about Facebook and Instagram, as it happens, um, who a couple of weeks ago did a, did a, another crackdown on QAnon. Has this one stuck? Has this one been any more effective? Yes and no, in mm. that no, once again, QAnon and the various groups associated with QAnon have managed to find ways to talk about their theories in coded or cryptic ways. Also, another reason to say no is that Facebook and Instagram did engage in this crackdown on pages devoted to QAnon, but no crackdown on influencers that mention QAnon. So the big example we use in Australasia is the celebrity chef in Australia, Pete Evans, who goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on about QAnon. And of course, Facebook and Instagram have done nothing about him as an influencer. But if you were to set up a QAnon page, they would shut that down. Mm. So, I mean, it's it's more than they used to. I think prior to this, they would only ban things that actually were inciting violence in some way or another. Um, but, yeah, it's... it's um, oh, it also doesn't apply to individual posts, does it? It's no. Only, it's yeah. only, only pages. Whole, whole pages or channels or what have you. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not nothing, but... Um, doesn't seem to be a hell of a lot. One thing I did like about this story, apparently this crackdown has been policed by Facebook's Dangerous Organizations Operations Team, or DO. Mm. Are they doing the DO? Like... We will see. I mean, an awful lot actually depends on what happens after the American election, mm. which of course we'll have to cover next week. We will, yes. No, we, uh... So it's Tuesday, right? It is, Tuesday, yeah. November the so 2nd. So Wednesday, yeah. our time. Mm. So by Thursday, when we normally record, we should know something, at least. Although, of course, there's the whole business there about some on the Trump side of things are trying to say there must be a result on election night, and other people are saying, well, no, there's never a result on election night because it always takes a long time for all of the votes to get counted. So who the hell knows? Now... Um, I think bridging the gap between old news and new news, we have a story that I think we first covered last week, but which has developed a little bit since, um, which is Trump trying to, to do a, a butter's emails thing on Hunter Biden. Now, I've heard that the laptop with the Hunter Biden material on it has a video of Hunter Biden traveling back in time and having sex with himself whilst inventing crack cocaine. Is that correct? Uh, it's not far from the mark. Um, and, and indeed, I would not be surprised if I heard people actually claiming that of it. Now, the story, if you haven't Are you heard Hunter it, Biden? No. Are you, you know, going to be Hunter Biden? Have I ever been Hunter Biden? What's the statistical possibility of me becoming Hunter Biden? 
Well, I mean, mine. as every podcaster continues to podcast, that trend heads towards 100%. Right. Oh, well, we must be part of the way there then. Now, if you're not familiar with the story... Um, and the thing is, no one is, well, because no, it keeps because on it changing. Keep, yes. But Josh is going to try the, and explain it anyway. The guts of it is that a laptop, or several laptops, were... It's important to note, it could be many it laptops, could be more than one or laptop. it might only be one laptop. Uh, was, slash, were um, handed into a laptop repair shop um, in in Delaware, uh, and the, but supposedly by Hunter Biden or by one of his associates yep. acting on Hunter Biden's behalf. Uh, was a I can just imagine. Hi, I'm Hunter Biden's friend. My mm. name is Immaterial. Mm. I'm here to drop off Hunter Biden's laptops. Please don't look at the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop. I'll be off now. I'm Hunter Biden's friend. Mm. Something like that. Um, these laptops weren't picked up. Hold on. To Hunter Biden's meant to be this kind of cutthroat CEO working in the Ukraine, if you believe the Republicans. Why is he taking his laptops into a repair shop in Delaware? Uh, I, I think they come from Delaware, although Hunter Biden doesn't currently live in Delaware, as far as I'm, I'm aware. Uh, but so the, the owner of the shop, supposedly there's some business around sort of I, I got suspicious of it because it had a sticker from the Bo Biden Foundation, the foundation named after I think Joe Biden's brother, Hunter Biden's uncle um, and then either handed it to the, handed it into the FBI or the FBI came to him and said hey we hear you might have Hunter Biden's laptop, can we have it please um, and however it goes Supposedly, there is a laptop on which they recovered emails, which showed Hunter Biden setting up a meeting between his father Joe Biden and a senior executive at the firm Burisma, who he works for and works or worked for in Ukraine. Uh, therefore, furthering the, the narrative that they've been peddling for quite some time, which is that Joe Biden interfered in the the firing of a, a Ukrainian prosecutor because that would have been damaging to the firm Burisma for which his son worked. Now, that story has always been argued against. Anyway, the 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 the, the reply to it is that well, no, this prosecutor a wasn't investigating Burisma and. Was fired, wasn't fired for investigating one, was fired because in this corruption investigator was found to be corrupt himself. And while Joe Biden, I believe, did say he should be gone, so did lots of other people internationally. A story we've covered several times on this podcast now. We certainly have. But then this story comes along, and yeah, it just I gets. Find that on Apple Music. Did you just say Siri? Did you say story? What did yes. Siri just think you said? I think I said story. And. My iPad thought I said Siri, and Siri decided to interfere with this podcast. Bizarre. That's the singularity. That's what it is. Um, yeah, no, and the, the story has been murky. It's been changing. The, the man who runs the store, uh, Mr. Uh, Mac Isaac. Mac Isaac. Mac Isaac. There we go. Um, first of all, has has some sort of a, a, a vision condition, which means he couldn't positively identify the person who brought the laptop in as Hunter Biden himself. And then, yeah, the story has gone backwards and forwards around details like, did the FBI come to him or did he go to the FBI? Um, the, the general sources, oh, and of course, let's not forget the detail that supposedly before handing in the laptop, he took a copy of its hard drive and handed that in to none other than Rudy Giuliani. And the story was eventually published in the New York Post, who were um, 
uh, made aware of it by one Steve Bannon. Hmm. Hmm. Familiar sounding name there. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's it's just sort of the the story itself appears to be full of holes, and then everyone who's looked at it have said this appears to be a fairly obvious disinformation campaign. Yeah, so what's interesting here is that apparently what happened initially when news of this laptop and the emails came out is that members of the Trump campaign team contacted the Wall Street Journal and said, look, we've got some incriminating evidence about Hunter Biden and his father, Joe Biden. Here are the emails. Will you write a story exposing this? And the Wall Street Journal went, this sounds interesting, we shall investigate. And this then led to Trump making coded references of a big story coming out in the Wall Street Journal pretty quickly, which would show his opponent in the presidential race looking fairly poor. What happened is that the Wall Street Journal kept on investigating things. Giuliani got spooked by how long it was taking them to do this, so he shopped the story to other venues like the New York Post, who ran with it immediately. The Wall Street Journal eventually did publish a story, which was to say, there's nothing here. So yes, if these emails are true, it does seem as if someone tried to set up a meeting. There's no indication this meeting ever went ahead or that Joe Biden ever met with the people at Burisima. So there's no story. It appears to just be foul rumors. But by that point in time, the New York Post story was already out. You had people like Glenn Greenwald, who has resigned from The Intercept Ooh. over the fact that The Intercept is doing due diligence and actually checking these stories out when he wants to actually run with the Hunter Biden story himself. And so, yeah, it's all getting very, very confusing. Yes, Greenwald published the emails he'd sent between him and The Intercept and is basically just, yes, accusing them of censorship when it appears that what was going on wasn't censorship so much as editing. Um, and The Intercept have basically said, yes, we were doing journalism. Um, it's, it's the fact that Greenwald refused to have us um, insist that he actually verify or back up anything he's saying uh, reflects poorly on him, not us. Um, so the whole thing, yeah, has been quite... It hasn't stopped the likes of Fox News going on for it. And now there's the Tucker Carlson thing. Now, is this a separate thing entirely, or is it meant to be tied to the laptop thing? I, I, I haven't been able to get know. that straight. So the story here is that Tucker Carlson... Tuckle. Tuckle. That's tuckle. what his mother calls it. Uh, can I tuck you in, oh, tuckle? tuckle? You've tucked in, Tuckle. Tucker Carlson claims to have incriminating evidence about Hunter Biden. Or at least he claimed he was going to get incriminating evidence, but the evidence was lost in the post. Mm. Which did appear to be a kind of dog ate my homework excuse for not being able to substantiate a story. Except that when the story came out, the United States Postal Service... Actually, no, it wasn't the, the yeah, well, USPS. No, oh, no, I, no, I thought it was the UPS. As oh, maybe USPS. So one's the private one, one's the public one. Whichever one it yeah. was. They said, actually, no, it is true. A package being sent to Fox News to the producers of Tucker Carlson's show did go missing in the post, and we've located the envelope but not the contents. 
So it does seem as if something weird has occurred. Although then it turns out that what was being sent by the post were not hard copies of emails. It was a USB stick, which has led people to go, one, why did you not back up the USB stick before you sent it? And two, why did you not email the contents? Why were you relying on a postal service to send electronic documents? Mm. And yeah, the whole thing is just, I had these, there are these documents that nobody made any copies of, despite the fact that... Which have conveniently mm. disappeared en route. And yeah, so the whole thing has... I mean, it, it seemed like a bizarre thing to just even come out with. Mm. Why, if, if you didn't have the documents in your hand, why bring it up in the first place? Uh, it, it's just bizarre. And yes, and I'm still not quite certain if this is meant to be corroboration of the stuff that was supposedly on this laptop, or if it was something else entirely different. Then there was, just today, I've been seeing stories that they've identified the people behind one of the Hunter Biden stories, I don't even know which one it is, is basically a fake organisation and the person who was supposedly supplying this information doesn't exist and their photograph was one of those notarealperson.com AI generated Yeah, I, I, I saw reference to that on Twitter as well and went, no, things are getting it's too just, complex, too complex. all over the place and I have no idea what's going on um, and none of it really seems credible in any way. Talking about people who are not credible oh, in any way, anyway. we should talk about our good old friends, Berkman and Wall. Berkman and Wall. They sound like they should be a crime-fighting yeah, duo. Or possibly grave robbers. I'm not sure. Might be, might be more up their street. Crime-solving grave robbers. They, they, they fund their crime-solving through body snatching. There we go. Berkman and Wall coming to Netflix and then being cancelled after one season. Uh, yes, yeah, so... Um, Jacob Wall, Jack Berkman, who we've talked about numerous times, with the guys constantly trying to set up uh, sort of v various stings and allegations about people that are always really transparently, obviously false, um, and yet they keep coming up again and keep getting media attention again. Um, but now they've uh, they, they've they've managed to get themselves in actual trouble now. Um, so they were supposedly were allegedly behind a, a vote-suppressing robocall scheme where calls went out to 12,000 or so, I've heard different figures, um, people, and they were doing the thing which people have been uh, accusing people of um, in, in several past elections, which is going around and telling people, but basically trying to frighten people off of voting, um, telling them that if you, if they, uh, go into a centre to cast their ballots, then their information will be entered into a database and the which will be used by the police to um, locate fugitives or to, you know, call in debts or, or yeah, outstanding warrants whatsoever, and possibly by the Centre for Disease Control to track people down for mandatory vaccines, none of which is true, um, and all of which is simply designed to stop people... Um, in, in largely minority communities, large, i.e. largely Democrat voting communities, uh, from even going out and voting in the first place. Um, now, this is illegal, what they did. There's also um, bribery charges as well. I wasn't quite clear on who it was they were trying to bribe at the same time in connection no, to this. No, this story is this very, story is... very murky. Very, very murky. But, but I, what I do know is that they've been charged um, in Ohio's Cuyahoga County, 
with eight counts of telecommunications fraud and seven counts of bribery. Um, a charge that includes attempts to convince people not to cast ballots. So apparently they could face up to 18 and a half years each in prison if convicted of all of these and given the maximum sentences. I can't imagine that'll actually happen, but they could. They, they do certainly seem to be in a bit of a pickle. And I mean, this isn't the only legal trouble they're in. Either. No, they're facing similar criminal charges in Michigan and a civil lawsuit in New York City connected to the very same scheme. Now, at the moment, they are free on a 100,000 US dollar bond mm. after pleading not guilty to the charges in, I believe, New York, New York State. City, I think, yep. Wall is also facing felony charges in California over alleged violations of security laws, and the FBI is investigating them over the leak of juror questionnaires in the trial of hmm, former Trump advisor. Roger Stone. Oh, that wacky scamp. So basically, they seem to be, have been engaging in very bad behaviour everywhere for mm. quite some time. Yes, so I mean, they've certainly been um, involved in uh, morally questionable behaviour in terms of trying to... What did they do? They tried to say Elizabeth Warren had had an affair with someone. They had uh, Pete Buttigieg, I think. They tried to... They, one of the things they liked to do was basically pay people to claim to have had an affair with certain politicians. That's probably where the bribery comes in. Could be could be that as well. Oh, I thought it was in connection to the robocalling, though. I'm not quite sure. Um, and yes, those have never... Those those have always been, been laughed out, basically, but were not... I suppose, illegal, unless you wanted to go for some sort of defamation thing or something, but they actually seem to be in proper legal trouble now and uh, couldn't happen to a couple of nice guys. No, no. I mean, the Elizabeth Warren one kind of made the news for the sheer fact that the allegation they made of Elizabeth Warren having sex with 26-year-old Marines kind of made Elizabeth Just kind Warren of, yeah. seem incredibly awesome. Guess, look, mm. she might be a relatively elderly senator. I think she's in her 60s. I don't know. Certainly younger than, than Biden and Trump. Yes. But she's still pulling 26-year-old incredibly mm. fit men. Yeah, not exactly the burn they were looking for. No. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We'll just have to see what happens. I assume a lot of people will uh, be, be braced for for some good quality schadenfreude if they do get a decent sentence. But on the other hand, they are well-connected white guys. And... Um, the justice system tends to be fairly, fairly soft on the ilk. Especially given what's going on with the court system well, in the yes. US, particularly the Supreme Court, yep. which Trump got is very judge. conservative now. It is, 6-3 conservatives now. Um, which, I mean, yeah, is, is that it? Has Trump won now? Does, does, does he have the muscle to, no matter what happens in the election, he can contest it and... And that is the worry. Yeah, trust that the courts will decide in his favour. Unless, like, unless it's a total landslide for Biden, no two ways about it, he's going to have some wiggle room to complain. And now he has the, unquestionably has the Supreme Court on his side. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Little bit worried for you, America. Just ever so slightly. Hmm. Hmm. Talking about Trump, what are, what's Trump's wife up to these yeah, days? Okay. Good old Melania. Let's finish with something a bit more frivolous. So the old the old Melania Trump's body double conspiracy theory went another round over the weekend. 
Uh, and th this isn't new. Um, people have for a while been pointing to a secret um, security officer who looks a bit like Melania Trump following her around, and people have suggested maybe she body doubles for her in some situations. There have been instances of um, photographs and people saying, look at this, this woman in her photograph doesn't look anything like Melania, it must be a body double. Um, and I, the, in one particular one, I think people have said, well, no, but what you see in that photo, I think it was a photograph of a television screen, which was distorted. And so obviously it wasn't going to look exactly like her face. But um, so there was there was a photo going around over the weekend of this woman standing next to Donald Trump and a whole bunch of people saying that that's not Melania, that doesn't look anything like her. I mean, it's hard to say because she's wearing dark sunglasses that obscure a lot of her face anyway. Um, and but but a whole lot of people got on board with oh this is, this is clearly obviously not Melania she obviously didn't want to be there because she hates Donald Trump so much and they're just sticking a sticking a, a body double on his arm and thinking that we won't notice and frankly that just triggered my major annoyances I see with all this sort of internet bollocks where all of a sudden everybody's an expert in this case on on photograph analysis and. Like, I'm not saying Melania Trump doesn't use a body double. It's entirely possible. We don't know. But looking at a single photo and saying, oh, yes, it's obviously if you look at the jawline and the curvature of her ears, and it's obviously her when so many things can change the shape of a person's face in photographs from lighting to makeup to camera angle uh, to, to focal depth. Um, and as some people were pointing out, like everybody was jumping on this one photograph, but it was from an official event. It, was, it wasn't somebody's snap on their cell phone. It was a press photograph from an event. If you went to the Associated Press or whichever one it was website, there were tons of photos from that event. There was video from that event. So if you actually wanted to prove your case, you'd probably want to go through all of these photos from all sorts of different angles and so on and actually do it. But no, no, no. Everybody just looks at their one photo that says, I'm Sherlock Bloody Holmes, and I can tell from the tiniest of details what's going on. And now, of course, frankly, it just annoys me. We had a conversation about this a few weeks ago, talking about the so-called Trump and Walter Reed Hospital signing session and people mm. going oh obviously some editing going on there and we pointed out that actually professional video editors had looked at the footage and went actually no mm. no and there was another similar event when trump came out of hospital the signing and, and and he gave he gave a speech on the lawn outside oh, the yeah. white house he was oh obviously green screen and people went actually no the quality of light in that is quite obviously outdoor light because outdoor light famously cannot be replicated in a studio given you're de dealing with a light source which is very 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 far away which causes a very interesting kind of light that studio lighting cannot replicate so the footage looked odd but that was because the focal length of the camera was focused on Trump making the background look oddly close and blurred at the same time, which made people think maybe it was a green screen, but actually the quality of light indicated it really wasn't. Mm. And I, I really recommend you look up... There are videos on YouTube about effects of lighting and effects of focal depth. I've seen one that had a person just staring straight ahead as they moved a light source in a circle around above and to the sides of their face. and 
like you would swear there was some sort of computer morphing going on the the amount that a person's face could seemingly change just based on the direction the lighting was come on and then other ones of showing sort of zooming in and out with different focal lengths and watching a person's face change quite quite much like yeah it can be exaggerated when you go right in and suddenly their nose is enormous and the rest of their face is disappearing away but but even subtly um it can really change the shape of a person's face and another great example of this is cosplaying so you'll get lots oh, yeah, of professional makeup, yeah. cosplayers who will use makeup that will, on a camera, make the shape of their face look completely different. And so you can get someone whose face shape is completely at odds with, say, that of Angelina Jolie. But with the right makeup and the right camera, they will be the spitting image of that person in front of the lens. Mm. So all I'm saying is don't just jump on a single photograph as proof of something like Melania Trump has a body double. I endorse um, what my colleague mm. Hunter Biden is saying on this video. Precisely. I did, it reminded me of an old article on, on goodoldcracked.com from a couple of years ago where they basically said this thing, stop taking individual photographs and using them as proof of your preconceived narrative and illustrating with things like, you know, look, here's this photo of Angela Merkel uh, giving staring death at Donald Trump, see how tough she is, and then pointing out, well, yes, but here's a photograph from the exact same meeting from about two minutes earlier of the two of them chuckling at a joke. Um, here's Obama and Trump side by side, here's Obama bowing to the, the king of Saudi Arabia, and here's Donald Trump standing up to him. Uh, and, but of course, here's Donald, uh, Obama is bowing because he's actually being given a medal by him, and here's Trump being given the exact same medal and bowing in the exact same way. It's like, single photographs just don't tell a story. And yes, if you although are... they can be used to further your mm. own story. So that, that that's my rant, basically. Internet, stop it. Just stop it. And that was Josh's rant for 2020. Mm. Um, and that's all the news we had to talk about, so maybe we should... Um, little preview of what's coming up in the bonus. It's actually furthering a theme, I think. We've had several patron bonus episodes where we've talked about sort of artistic forgeries and the like, scandals in the art world, and we kind of have another one. Indeed, and this is a interesting philosophical mm. forgery, and not a forgery which is philosophical in nature. It's a forgery in the annals of philosophy. We're looking at two letters by the Scottish Enlightenment philosopher David Hume, which would appear to be elaborate forgeries. And we're going to look at why people think that, and also the consequences of people taking these forgeries seriously. Mm. At one stage, maybe we should roll these little ones together and do a, do a, f a proper episode, a full episode on artistic forgery type conspiracies. I think that's a great idea. We've had enough of them for now, but no, not right now. Right now it's just the, the mysterious case of David Hume's Letters Plus, a film review. Uh, of a film which came out a long yes, time ago. 2016 or something, I, I think. But I finally got round to watching it on the weekend. Mm. And Conspiracy related. Really wish I hadn't bothered. Mm. Reesey Farns! Oh. Reesey Farns! Oh, that lovely Welsh scamp. Right, well that's all we have for this week. Um, that's all we have for co-located Josh and M. Uh, There'll be another one of these co-locations next week where we'll be talking about the preliminary results mm. of that American election. I think we'll have to. It will be something pretty damn significant to knock that off. Especially since by the time we record, we'll probably already know whether there are going to be challenges mm. to particular results. Mm. 
Right, so you've got that to look forward to. And if you're a Yay! patron, yes, if you're a patron, you have a bonus episode to look forward to. If you're not a patron and you'd like to look forward to a bonus episode, then you can just simply become one. Just you can. be one. Yeah. Just like that. Just yeah. go to patreon.com slash podcasters guide to the conspiracy, I think, or just search Patreon for the podcasters guide to the conspiracy. We'll show up. Um and if you don't want to be a patron, but you just like listening to us anyway, well, thank you anyway. Indeed. Because you're our audience, and without you, we're not actually a podcast. In fact, without you, we are nothing. We are literally nothing. We are faceless, I mean, Josh has voids. children, and yet he still finds mm. doing this podcast to be the best thing he has in his life. It's, it's really all that I have going for me. It's true. Mm. I mean, I've got hopes, dreams, aspirations, and things going on, but Josh... No, just a wasteland. Yep. Absolute wasteland. Just yeah, without, without this, I'm I'm just a shade. So th those of you who may watch the video may be aware that as soon as we turn the lights off, Josh just goes into a fugue state mm. until such time I reactivate him. Basically, it's true. Yeah, sad but true. Um, so I think we've come to the end of this episode. So just before I I deactivate and 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 just sit here become dormant until next week's recording. Uh, all we can do is for me to say goodbye. And for me to say goodbye. You've been listening to the podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, starring Josh Addison and Dr. MRX Dentit, which is written, researched, recorded, and produced by Josh and M. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron via its Podbean or Patreon campaigns. And if you need to get in contact with either Josh or M, you can email them at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com or check their Twitter accounts, Monkey Fluids and Conspiracism. truth is out there, but not quite where you think you left it. Do we? Yeah, we've always had a new sting. Oh, sorry, I thought you said a new sting. No, a new sting. No, no, a new sting. Right. I mean, I know, I know Kiwi vernacular is hard mm. to understand, but surely as someone who's lived here all your adult life. Mm.